Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here. It's Friday. Let's check it out here. February 17th. Whoa, this week has flown by, and we are going to be wrapping up our, our exegesis, our exegetical work on Matthew 5, 12 through, or 4, Matthew 4, 12 through 17. This, of course, is the passage that we are going to be preaching on this Sunday at Four Oaks. And we use these days of devotionals to sort of um, think about how to approach the passage, how to best interpret it, exegete it. Um, and, and again, the course, uh, the, the goal of this, of course, is not just to dispense theological information, but in fact, it's to help all of us learn to study the Word of God better for ourselves. And that's what we've been doing this week. And so we want to draw this passage, our discussion to it, to a close. And so um, I'm going to read, of course, from Matthew 4, beginning in verse 12. Now when he, and that means Jesus, now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Nephtali so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We left off our discussion last time talking about this idea of the kingdom, this idea of God's rule and reign, that the kingdom of God, his authority, his rule, his reign is invading the kingdom of earth, and that Jesus is here to inaugurate that. He is to inaugurate the coming of the kingdom. Um, he is the kingdom, and, and if, you, if you want to say it that way, he is the inaugural point. And if you were not here yesterday or haven't listened to the, to the devotionals from, the, from this previous week, please go back and, and listen to those. We, I'm going to assume that you sort of kind of are up to speed on this discussion because we spent a good bit of time unpacking this and trying to understand what is meant by the kingdom of God, what is not meant by the kingdom of God. But I want to end um, our discussions this week with this last little verse, okay? And if you were to say, Pastor Paul, what, what is to be, if, if you could just distill um, what our response is to be um, to this reality that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom has now appeared, has, not, has now cracked through the crevices of human history, what through the person and work of Jesus Christ, what is to be our singular response? And this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, from that time, he began to preach saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to say a couple of things about, about this. Um, and I've, I've referenced this idea of repentance a number of times over the last few weeks, both in relation to John the Baptist and, and Jesus. But there's a couple of things I want you to know. When it says from that time Jesus began to preach, we need to understand the force of that term. It does not say that Jesus began to teach, although Jesus did teach. 
It does not say that Jesus began to communicate, although he did communicate. It did not say that Jesus began to share his heart, although he did share his heart, most certainly. Matthew uses a particular word. It's a very strong word in the Greek. It means to proclaim, to proclaim with a sense of urgency, to herald, okay? One of the things that we need to understand is that there is a difference in preaching and teaching, okay? So what we do in these devotionals is primarily teaching, and it's important. Um, it's, it's how theological information is dispensed. It's how biblical narratives and stories are unpacked. It's how truths and themes are, are highlighted. Preaching, on the other hand, while it includes teaching, is also much more. Preaching is the call to action. Preaching is the urgent unction brought by the preacher to call people to a specific response in light of the teaching they have just received. So certainly, to have faithful preaching, you must have faithful teaching, okay? But just because you have faithful teaching does not necessarily equate to faithful preaching. For there to be preaching, there has to be proclamation. There has to be a sense of someone standing there saying, thus saith the Lord, not because I, I say it or the pastor says it or whoever, but because God's word says it. And that's the sense of that word, to preach. And what Jesus says, in essence, what he is calling us to in light of this coming of the kingdom of God is, in fact, to repent. Now, again, it's possible to understand repentance in a very wooden sort of way or an inflexible sort of way, meaning, you know, you, thou shalt not bear false witness. You, you shouldn't tell lies. So to repent means to stop lying, right? To tell the truth. Um, or the Ten Commandments say, you know, you shall not um, um, covet um, anything, your neighbor or his wife or anything like that. So, so, so to repent means to stop coveting and to be content with what God has given you. And certainly that's an aspect of repentance. But that's not the full meaning of this word. The full meaning of this word is to fundamentally reorient one's entire life to the reality that Jesus is now here. That, that, that there can be no half-hearted measures to this reality that Jesus has come. That now that Jesus has come, everything has changed. Nothing is to remain unaffected. Every aspect of one's being is to be presented back to God in an effort to, to ask him to reorient our heart, mind, soul, actions, everything to his ways. It's a, it's a very strong term. Let me give you kind of an, an example of this, okay? Um, so there's a million movies where there is some impending disaster that's heading towards the Earth. It's usually an asteroid or a tidal wave or there's some sort of uh, um, climate change event, you know, some kind of second ice age. And what's interesting about these movies is, th is how quickly everyone on planet earth, how quickly their demeanor and actions change once they realize that this disaster is 
impending, that it's coming, that doom is imminent, right? Um, immediately, people are looking for a, a way to be rescued. Or if they know they can't be rescued, they're looking for a way to protect their loved ones. They're looking for a way to, to get their, their, their loved ones and family members to safety. Maybe they know all hope is lost in that sense and that they just want to return to a place that has a fond memory and, and ride the end of the world out at that place. Or maybe there's something they want to say to some, someone or there's a relationship they want to reconcile before the end comes, what have you. The point is the end generates activity. It generates momentum and synergy Nothing, there's, there's no one who just, at least in the movies, sits around on their couch while the world is ending and simply watches Jeopardy reruns, right? Everybody's compelled to some sort of action. And that's, again, what knowing um, our limits are, our time limits here on Earth, what that does, right? If we all knew the day and time that we would, we would pass away, it would change, right? And that's the sense here that Jesus is saying the most fundamental, important thing has changed. I have come. I have inaugurated the kingdom. Because of this, nothing stays the same. There is now hope. There is now life. There is now a path forward. There is a rescue. There is forgiveness of sins. And because of that, that changes everything. It changes our fundamental orientation to this life. It changes everything that we do. It makes a claim on every aspect of ourselves because if it doesn't, we have to rightly ask, have we understood the nature of the coming kingdom? So from this point forward, Jesus, I mean, in, in Matthew here, in Matthew, the gospel, simply wants to unpack for us what does it mean to repent? What does it mean to live in accordance with the values of the kingdom? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What, is it, what, what does it mean to orient our lives under his rule and reign? So we have teachings, we have miracles, we have all sorts of things that are, that are meant to help galvanize our thoughts to show us what it means to live as children of God. And that's where we're going. Now, next week, we are going to be in a very short passage, Jesus calling his first disciples. And one of the things that I would encourage you to do is that I've, I've asked you to consult some sort of gospel harmony um, that kind of gives a timeline of the events of Jesus's life and his ministry, um, because each of the four gospels right, takes, a, takes a different angle, perspective. They, they all don't record all of the same incidences. And where this fits in to, to the timeline of Jesus, the calling of these first disciples, um, you might want to think about how does this relate to what John says, for example, about the calling of the first disciples. And it just might be helpful to kind of get some background in that. It might also be helpful um, to trace the lives of some of these men um, who are mentioned as a part of this first call because they're going to be the ones who are called to repent and to orient their lives towards the kingdom of God and the mission of Christ. And that's where we're going to go Monday morning. Hope you join us. Let me pray. Father, 
thank you, thank you again for your word and the study time that you've given us this week. Lord, sharpen our spiritual senses so that we might live today in light of who you are in the coming kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend.